This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Here's your host, Grant Bills. Today is going to be a challenge. Uh, today is going to test my skills, uh, my metal, my uh, my ability to think on my feet. Today's going to be a challenge because normally the show two hours long. Today we're going to have about thirty five minutes, thirty five, thirty seven minutes to play with. So I got to I got to fit all of our amazing content, all of our great topics and questions and answers. Got to squeeze all that down, compress that down. We have two Brewer games to talk about. We have a great guest who's scheduled to join us in about 12 minutes. We got to talk about the Bucks. We got to talk about a lot to get to. All right, so I'm not going to do the normal, hey, how you doing? Welcome in, blah, 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 blah. No, let's, let's get right down to brass tacks. It's the Wisco Sports Show, and my name is Grant Bills. A lot to get to over the next 40 minutes. As always, you're welcome to be a part of it if you would like to. Send me a text, 608-796-2558. It's not that I don't want you to call, but here's the thing. We have a little glitch with the phone the last couple of days. And I don't I don't know exactly what the issue is. It's just not, it's a little touch and go. So when I call a guest over a commercial break, all right, we have time to work through the kinks. But going on the air here, you know, rapid fire, it's been a little bit of a, a struggle. And naturally, our tech support, our engineer, is enjoying a beautiful family vacation in Florida this week. And I'm not going to bother him. So he'll be back in the next couple of days. We'll get it ironed out. But for now, if you want to be a part of the show, just send me a text. On the talking text line, which is 608-796-2558, or send me a tweet at Wisco Grant. All right, we'll we'll put a kibosh on the calls for now. Now we will be calling Zach Heilprin, our good friend from the zone in Madison, and the voice that you hear on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network multiple times every day as a part of those well constructed, well narrated updates. With this Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. No time. We have no time for jokes today. We have no time for sound effects. We have no time for jokes. Zach will talk to us in about twelve minutes. I want to do some Barry Alvarez stuff, some Wisconsin stuff. Uh, little Brewers, and I want to get his thoughts on an excellent poll question that he first brought to my attention. Talked about it very briefly yesterday, but I want Zach's opinion on that, so we'll get that from him. Let's start with the Brewers. Uh, th- this is a challenging one, because since we've talked last, the Brewers have played twice, and they have won twice. Last night, Travis Shaw hitting a big dong, and the Brewers won hitting the Cubs, and then today, going to extras, Right, Brandon Woodruff takes a no-hitter into the seventh. Are we just, is this going to be an all-summer thing? Is this what we're going to be doing all summer? Just casually taking no-hitters into the sixth and the seventh? I'm on board for it. Need to get a little bit better at scoring runs, but this seems like it's going to become a thing, which is pretty cool. So we have a win last night over the Cubs to talk about, in which the Brewers shut out the Cubs. What was the score? Now I lost it. Shut them out 4-0. to zero. And then today, the Brewers won. Um, I'm losing scores all over the place. I'm a mess. 4 to- Four to zero uh, yesterday, and then today they won. What was the final score here? Four to two. Lorenzo Cain hit two bombs today. A lot to talk about, a lot to dig into. And these shows are always challenging because I'm used to having all day to kind of get my thoughts in order. I'm kind of a a diva in that way. I need my time to to organize my thoughts and to get the show ready. And today you kind of got to go on the fly because the Brewer game just wrapped up. I wrote myself two bullet points before the game started today of things to think about, things to watch for, and things to put together for the show, right? This is what I wrote down. Two potential topics, depending on how today's game went. Today's game, the Brewers won. It's very thrilling and extras. Lorenzo Cain was everything. He is our everything, our only thing. Love him to death. Here's the two things I wrote down before the game. Two things to possibly talk about. Maybe the starting pitching. Maybe we can talk about that because Freddie Peralta was tremendous last night. And I was like, well, if Brandon Woodruff is tremendous today, there's a topic we can do starting pitching. 
I also wrote offense is awake, question mark, because they scored some runs last night and then maybe they would build on it this afternoon. So that was a potential topic. One of these topics played out really well. The other one, not so much. The starting pitching with Freddie Peralta last night was outstanding. And then the starting pitching got even better today because Brandon Woodruff was even more outstanding, if that makes any sense. Brandon Woodruff took a no-hitter into the seventh inning on like 68, 69, 70 pitches. It was brilliant. He was insane today. And it it was almost as if you wanted to make a point after a ho-hum opening day start. He's like, hey, hey, the Cy Young buzz and the the opening day starter and the ace buzz, like that that was legit. Give Give me a couple of starts here. Almost as to prove like, yeah, I was a little rocky on opening day. Still won the game. Oh, it wasn't a nightmare, but I wasn't myself. Today, I'm hoping that that's the Brandon Woodruff that we get to know and love over the next couple of months. I mean, look how he settled in from opening day. It was a little shaky. And then rolling in today like he owned Wrigley Field, right? And, and that's one of the things I love about Brandon Woodruff is as good as he has been at times in his career in big games, right? I always think of the NLCS where he was an opener, hit a bomb off Clayton Kershaw like it was no big deal. As much as he can can step up to the plate, literally, in big moments and in big games. He loves to grind. He loves to grind. Like, Brandon Woodruff is a pitcher who loves baseball. He loves the starts in April. He loves grinding through it in the dog days in June and July, right? Like, I want him on my team all season long. Not just a big game pitcher, although he can be. He can, he can be in it for the long haul. And that's something I really like about Brandon Woodruff. By the way, Adam McAlvey, who covers the Brewers for MLB.com, and Brewers.com, friend of show, tweeted this out today, and I thought it was, I'm glad somebody did this. Pitches by inning. Ready? Ready for this? First inning, 11 pitches. Second inning, seven. Uh, what in tarnation? Third inning, seven. Fourth inning, 10. Fifth inning, 11. Sixth inning, 10. Seventh inning, 18. Should have been 11. I don't know exactly what that means. I think there was an error, and then he had to work around it. He was just efficient today. And it's something I brought up with Brandon Woodruff last week and Corbin Burns. They have great stuff, and they can strike out a lot of guys, but how do they strike out batters and pitch really aggressively while also not throwing a bunch of pitches? Because if you got to work the count and you got to go 2-2, 3-2, and and dig for a a put-away pitch, well, now you're throwing 15, 16, 17, 18, 20, 20 20-plus pitches an inning. You just don't have any longevity that way. You can't sustain over the course of a start. And today, Brandon Woodruff, who took a no-hitter into the seventh inning. He had, how many strikeouts did he have today? I don't want to make sure I'm, I'm correct. Eight strikeouts. So he didn't have 11, 12, 13 strikeouts. He had eight. So he found that perfect middle ground of pitching to contact and being efficient while also fanning batters here and there because he's got the stuff to do it. Brandon Woodruff today took a no-hitter into the seventh. ESPN Stats and Info put this out this afternoon. The Brewers became the first team with two no-hit bids of six-plus innings in the first six games of a season since, drumroll, the 1990 Padres. What is that? 20, 20, 31 years it's been? God, 1990s, 31 years ago, folks. Let that sink in. Brandon Woodruff was fantastic. Freddie Peralta was fantastic last night. Burns is fantastic this weekend. And by the way, we talked about this all offseason. We were dead on with this. We knew this. We hit this nail on the head. This rotation is really, really, really good. They finally have the arms. They have the starters. And they're homegrown, by and large. Woody and Burns, Peralta, right? These are homegrown arms. Even if, I can't say for sure if they were all drafted by the Brewers, but they've been in the system for a while. They groomed them. They developed them. I think they were drafted by the Brewers, but I I don't want to be wrong. We knew that the starting pitching was going to be good. This is something we talked about for months leading up to the start of the season. 
The question mark has been the offense, and the, the offense needs to get going a little bit more. Today, there, there were some issues. Luis Urias going to Ofer. Keston Hira getting Oferd. I'm getting impatient specifically with Ke- Keston Hira. I'm trying to give Luis Urias every benefit of the doubt because it is an Orlando RC guy. I might be potentially a little bit jaded. I want to make sure I'm being fair. But Luis Urias was far from inspiring today. Keston Hira, I, I, I've tweeted about it a few times. I tweeted last night, like, I'm surprised. Travis Shaw outperforming Keston Hira. I, not something I saw coming. And at Wisco Grant on Twitter, people like to hop into my mentions, and they're like, oh, it's only been four games. It's only been five games. I know. I know how many games it's been. Okay? I've watched them all. I'm well aware that they have only played a certain number of games. I know. And I've had to watch Keston here in every one of those games. I know. Believe me, when I send out a tweet, it does cross my mind to consider how many games they've played. Keston here, I think he was 0-15 coming into today. I think he went 0-4, so where does that put him at 0-19? 0-19 is 0-19, whether you're halfway through the season or whether you're for the first six games, which the Brewers have played. They're 3-3. Three and three. I know they've only played six games. I'm not overreacting. I'm running out of patience with, with our boy Keston. Give Yelich credit today, though. That was really, really reassuring. Uh, he started 3-3, three of three and then he, he made an out in his last at-bat. He struck out. And not all of his hits were smashes, and they, they don't need to be. He doesn't need to crush every baseball. He just needs to be active, right? Just put the baseball in play. Be, you know, don't be afraid to go opposite field. Shoot it through the gap of the infield. I think he had his first uh, extra base hit of the season today, which was a nice call by Jeff Levering on the radio broadcast. Yelich still looking for his first extra base hit of the year, and then he got it, of course, in that at bat, right? The Brewers have some pretty good TV and, and radio broadcasters when it comes to, to playing to things like that. And I think at one point during the game today, Jeff Levering said, hey, you know, Yelich is getting hot. Look out. Didn't hit any home runs today. Didn't crush any balls today. But just being active, being on the bases, that pays dividends. Lorenzo Cain was the hero today. He had all four RBIs, two just dong shots home home runs. He gets, gets the lean, leaning off the back leg. Lorenzo Cain today, that was really promising. Yelich getting a couple of hits, that's great to see. That's promising. Lorenzo Cain hitting with power. That's promising because if Keston here is not going to hit with pop and produce, somebody else is going to need to. And if it can be Lorenzo Cain right now, great. Right? Travis Shaw, Omar Narvaez by and large had the day off today. I think he had a pinch hit. Yep, he did. He did have a pinch hit. He went 0 for 1. But Omar Narvaez has been picking up the slack. Lorenzo Cain picked up the slack today. We need Keston here to get going. Bad. Because he's expected to be a run producer. The way this lineup is built, he needs to be a run producer. Something to keep an eye on. Let's take a break. Let's get to our long-awaited guest. Our friend Zach Heilper in the zone in the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I know a lot of you were asking about the Barry Alvarez retirement yesterday. I can't really speak to it too much, but I will ask Zach about that. I'm going to ask, you know, what stuck out to you? What's your number one highlight? What's going to stick with you about Barry Alvarez? So we'll get Zach's perspective on that and a couple of other things. More of the Wisco Sports Show coming up next. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show, so much to talk about, so little time, such little time. Brewers decided to go to extra innings today. Worth it, Lorenzo Cain hit a three-run home run in the 10th. But that just means we have less time, uh, so we got to trim the fat. We were going to talk about the Bucks a little bit today, and I said, nah, we'll move that to tomorrow. Talk about a couple of other things. One piece of fat that I would never trim uh, is one of our best guests, and that's Zach Heilprin, the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. You hear him in the updates, you hear him on The Zone in Madison. Zach 
I'm glad that we worked through the phone kinks, and I'm glad the Brewers got done just quick enough so I could still talk to you today. That's that's an amazing calling me fat. That's man, that's that's great. You know when uh, I when I use that yeah, analogy, yeah, yeah, I'm like, no, that's I, nuts. I got you. It was it was a, it was a, it was a slight <laughs> shot, but I caught it. Good work, man. As soon as it came out of my mouth, I'm like, that's not a flattering mm-hmm. flattering analogy mm-hmm. to use. But you know, so yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I first of all, the Brewers game was excellent, and that's awesome. And I would love to talk about yeah. Brewers with you. We're going to do that in a couple of minutes. The reason I, I planned our conversation today and asked you on is because yesterday I got so many texts asking about Barry Alvarez. Like, talk about Barry, you know, like, talk about all the the things that happened yesterday in that nice ceremony. And I referred everyone to your Twitter page because you had all these great quotes and these great pictures, and I was taking it in, but I wasn't there to report on it, and I'm certainly not the the connected reporter uh, in Madison that you are. I wanted to ask you if there was one thing, a a quote, a moment, or anything that, that stuck out from yesterday kind of above everything else. Yeah. I thought the greatest thing about it was he could have gone sappy with it, uh, but he saw what uh, happened with Roy Williams, you know, last week where he kind of broke down in his retirement. He didn't want to do that. He wanted to have some fun, and he did. I mean, some of the stories he told were great. Uh, the stories we've heard a, a bunch, sure. uh, some more than more than others. <laughs> uh, but, you know, they just that's just that's just who he is. It was it was pure it was pure Alvarez. You know, what I mean, like the just the the swagger that he has had since he showed up in 1990. 31 years later, it was still there. Um, you know, just the way that he commanded that press conference, the way that he commanded the ceremony, it's just everything about him. It's exactly who he was, and it's exactly what made him so good at what he was able to do here these last 31 years. And, you know, obviously someone your age has no idea what Wisconsin was before yeah. what it is now, and it's very hard to even imagine what it was like back then considering the success that they've had. But everything that you enjoy and everything that, you know, people of all ages enjoy is because of what he was able to do with that football program and turn. Oh, dear. I think we straight up just lost Zach. Zach. Oh, it's just getting good. He was just lecturing me about what I've seen and what I haven't seen in my life. That's exactly what I wanted to happen in this interview. Yeah, the phone dropped out. Maybe he's driving through a tunnel. I don't know. John Nolan Drive is that a is that a tough stretch for, for cell phone users in Madison? That's that's always the road that I use. By the way, I I hope that's not like really patronizing Madison people when I say John Nolan Drive. Oh, I feel bad, Zach. Oh no, I'm gonna try to call him back real quick. You know, I, and I can't understand what Madison was like and UW Madison and Wisconsin athletics were like before Barry Alvarez. Mostly because unlike Packers fans, Badgers fans don't constantly remind you of it <laughs> like if Badgers fans were always like you weren't around in the 70s and the 80s well then maybe I'd maybe I'd have a little bit better perspective about how Wisconsin was like before Barry Alvarez I, I do think I have a half decent sense you know you read the stories and I've talked to my, my parents about this too you know they've lived in Wisconsin their whole lives they've, my dad has been a Wisconsin fan and it wasn't always like this like we expect the Badgers to be good every year we expect them to make the NCAA tournament in basketball. We expect them to be near the top and, and competing to make the Big Ten championship game. And and I don't, I don't know if we take that for granted. I don't know if we think that that's a given. It's certainly not. And I, it's crazy that Wisconsin has reached that point, given where it was. And Zach was just getting at that point so eloquently. And I've dialed him back. Let's see if we have him. Zach, are you there? Yes. Oh, yeah, I am. I don't know what happened, man. I lost you. I hope it doesn't happen again. And if it does, yeah. I'll just I'll let you be. But... I, I was All just right. I was making the point that I don't know what Wisconsin was like 
before Barry Alvarez because unlike Packers fans, Badgers fans don't obnoxiously bring it up every chance they have. Yeah, no, I'm, I I don't think it's – like I'm not ragging on anybody that doesn't know. I'm just saying yeah. like what you, what we experience now, what we uh, believe to be the standard was not the standard. It wasn't. It wasn't mm-hmm. even thought possible. And what he was able to do with the football program and turning it uh, around and, and all the money that came along with it uh, would then led to what they were able to do across the department and, you know, the, the revenue doubling in his time as the athletic director. I mean, it's he did it on and off the field. You know what? You know what really jumped out to me, Zach Heilprin, our guest from the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. And if the phone drops out again, I might just walk out of the studio. I'm I'm very scared of that. The rest of this interview. What jumped out to me yesterday was Barry saying that he was actually going to retire a year ago, but he stuck through it through this last year because he didn't want to stick the new athletic director with this tough situation due to the pandemic. And I, it's not that I didn't expect that from Barry Alvarez, but I thought that was really really cool. Yeah, he said he. Was, I think he said he was going to step away in January. Uh, yeah. but he wanted to get them through the rest of the of the COVID situation. Yeah, he is all about Wisconsin. He advocates for Wisconsin all the time, and, and it's built on the idea that he came to Wisconsin with his wife Cindy, and they had a plan, and they had a plan similar to what Bob Devaney did at Nebraska. That was come and build a football program, stick around BBAD, and you know build a program that you and build a home. Right, and that's what he did. He built a he built a program, went over to BAD, and this this is his program. This is his school. This is who he is. And so it would have been a shock to to see him leave with them, them in that situation. And um, stepping away, seventy four, so he's stepping away now. But he he gave his everything to Wisconsin, and you know Wisconsin is so much better for him being here. It's it, I heard a lot of cool stories and read a lot of cool stories. And once again, if, if you want to see that stuff, you got to check out Zach's Twitter feed or madcitysportszone.com. There's so much good coverage there. I, I don't just want to do all Barry Alvarez stuff today. I wanted to get your thoughts. And I, I have like two potpourri-type questions for you, Zach. Number one is something that you retweeted yesterday. Nick Olson, who I guess does radio in Door County, never heard of this guy before, but I gave him a follow because this is an excellent question. And I think it's... It's pertinent given what happened yesterday. Who led the best Wisconsin sports rebuild? Barry Alvarez, Mark Atanasio, Bob Harlan, or Edens and Lazary with the Bucks? And I saw you retweeted it, and I know that you just don't throw around retweets. And and that kind yeah, of – Yeah, that, that drew me in. What do you think about that poll question? What, what do you think? Alvarez, yeah, Atanasio, I, I, all those guys. Yeah, I love Nick. He actually covered the Packers. Uh, that's how I know him. Covered the Packers for WDO all up there um, for, for a long time. But, yeah, no, I like the question. I think it comes down to two. I think it comes down to Alvarez. It comes down to Harlan. Yeah. Um, you know, you just look at what, um, you know, Harlan did. But he, he hired the right people, right? Like he hired Ron Wolf, great hire. Mm-hmm. Who hired Mike Holmgren, great hire. Uh, Ron Wolf got Reggie White. Mike Holmgren got – or, excuse me, uh, Ron Wolf got Brett Favre. Mike Holmgren played a huge role in getting Reggie White. Like he – like – Harlan made the hires that made everything happen. I, I kind of view Harlan more like it's Pat Richter. Sure. So uh, a guy who made the right hires, and uh, I guess Donna Shalala being that too. So of the two, though, I would say Alvarez because he not only turned around the football team, he turned around the entire organization, uh, athletic department that was in the red. I mean, they were $2.5 million in the red when he showed up. And as I mentioned before, the revenues, 155 or 150 Fifty-six million dollars in 2019, the 2018-2019 school year. So, yeah, I, I, Harlan is is really tough because how great he was, but he made the right hires and then sat back and and for the most part let it happen. Yeah. Um, 
now I, now as I say that, I'm also thinking about him <laughs> going door to door and getting the uh, the uh, new stadium passed, which was obviously a huge, huge part of it. You know, uh, getting the renovation and everything like that passed, which was huge. But you know, what Barry did in Madison is um, was revolutionary here in the state of Wisconsin, and it's in my mind the greatest turnaround and greatest over of any program or uh, team here in the state. Well, and he was involved in every part of it, right? Right from the coaching to the higher ups and where he is today. Like there is something to be said for Bob Harlan making the right hires and then sitting back because that's not always the easiest thing to do, right? But I, I think Alvarez just had such a tall task and it was a really interesting question. And then to think about, you know, what what do we think of success for the Packers, the Badgers and the Brewers and how did those standards come to be? I just, I thought it was a really interesting question. Last thing I want to ask you, because we were cracking jokes about this on Monday night during the national championship game. Wisconsin lost to Baylor in the second round, and then Baylor goes on to win the title on Monday night and looked amazing. Like, Gonzaga had a couple of tough breaks, but no one could argue that, you know, Baylor isn't the best team in the country after that tournament we just watched. Does that national championship game and does the does the Baylor win, does that change your opinion on the Badgers at all? Like, do we, do we feel better about that team now? Do you, does that change anything for you? Uh, no, not really. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, I, I guess they played them the best of any of them, right? Yeah. And they had the game down to what? They had it down to a seven-point lead in the second half. Baylor was a machine in this yeah. tournament. I mean, they're just blowing the doors off of pretty much almost everybody they played. They won by double digits, I believe, every game. Um, but yes, I mean, I, I don't know how much it changes. Like Wisconsin, the, the expectations coming in were much higher than a second-round exit, even though the team that they lost to was the one that ended up winning the national championship. The expectations coming this season were just so much more. So, I don't know. Maybe it, I guess some people will, it'll make you feel better. But uh, I think for most people, it's like, well, yeah, if they had sucked in the seat. If they hadn't played so poorly during the season, mm-hmm. they wouldn't have been a nine seed, and they wouldn't have had to face Baylor at that point in the tournament. Maybe they're facing them later in the tournament. Good point. Good point. I I like that. Well, last question. I I lie. One more. Greg Gard made a comment about this, but there's a couple Badgers hopping in the transfer portal moving around coaches kind of come out strong against that, which like, I I don't disagree. Like I don't want players transferring. Like you want, you want to see young men stick it out and and fight through the tough times. But then again, when it comes from a coach who's making a bunch of money, it's, it it, it doesn't always come across. The presentation isn't always great. What do you think about Reavers and a couple of other players? And then just in college basketball as a whole guys moving around. Do you have a strong take on that? I don't, I don't, I think we're, we're seeing what we're seeing is, is what we're going to see for the, for, uh, I think quite a bit. I mean, they're going to pass this, they're going to pass this transfer with, you know, the tra- the one-time transfer rule, which is going to allow guys to move. It won't be like it is this year. I don't think it'll be like whatever it is at 1200 or something like that. Kids mm-hmm. in the transfer portal right now. I don't know if it's going to be like that every year because you only get to do this once. You can only, you can only tra- make that transfer once um, in this new rule that they're going to, they're likely going to pass. So, you know, you get one free one without having to sit. Uh, you know, national the name image likeness that's going to be coming up here, whether it's through the Senate, uh, you know, or, you know, through the House and the Senate, or whether it's the NCAA or, you know, however this is going to play out, that's coming. So there's, there's just so many changes coming along. Coaches are going to have to, coaches are going to have to change. Yeah. Coaches are going to have to, you know, change how they think, change how they act, change how they go about business. They need to adapt. Uh, Greg Gard, I, I think, will do that. Um, I don't think he has a problem with the transfer portal. I think he just has a tra- has an issue with guys just jumping in there at, at willy-nilly. Uh, no issue. Uh, I was surprised. I'll say that. I was surprised that Nate Reavers, not that he's transferring, 
but the fact that he's actually going to use that extra year of eligibility. Yeah. I, I thought he was done. I thought he was done with college. I, I knew he was done with Wisconsin. But moving on to another school, we'll see what up. But, yeah, that one would surprise me. The other one's not so much. Trevor Anderson seems like he could benefit from, from going somewhere else. That one didn't surprise me. I, I lied, and I said I only had one more. I, one final little quick. D- does Shaka Smart scare you? What do you, what do you think of that? Bald Shaka Smart. <laughs> not long not, hair Shaka. <laughs> not not long hair Shaka Smart. No, Shaka. I mean he's a he's a he's been a recruiter. Yeah, um, which they've had there before. Uh, Woj was too. Was, yeah, was a good recruiter. Didn't coach great. Um, and you could make the same argument, at least since the final four run for Shaka Smart, that he hasn't probably coached at the level that a lot of people thought they they could. Now I think it's at least we have to admit that Texas did have some bad luck. Uh, a couple of times in the tournament. But, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think he's a great coach by any stretch. I thought it was really funny that when the Loyola Chicago, Porter Mosier, when that name was rumored yeah. to Marquette, I saw a couple of Marquette fans on Twitter who were saying, like, I don't want that. You know, we'll become the next Wisconsin. And I, uh, <laughs> I it surprised me a little bit. So successful. Yeah, so, so successful. So you, successful. You, you, you want to go to, yeah, you want to go to the, <laughs> I'm going to go to the tournament all the time and, and usually win a game or two. Yeah. Um, yeah, God, God forbid. I thought that was I thought that was funny. They're a little bit delusional Marquette fans, but that's fine. We love them. They're a little bit crazy. We need that we need that that uh, that different streak of of fans in the state. But Zach, I appreciate you hanging up with the with the tech issues. I'm so so sorry. I promise this is a professional show and can't wait to have you back as always anytime. All right. Thanks, Grant. Yeah. Have a good night. Have a good weekend, Zach Heilprin, the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. I, oh, I hate myself because I always plan a certain number of questions and I get to the end and I was like, wait, I actually kind of want to ask him about this and this. Oh, and what about Shaka Smart? Because we got to take a punch at Marquette fans. We got to get our shots in for the day. Thank you, Zach, for bearing with the technical difficulties too. Appreciate you. Let's take a break. Last couple of minutes, we'll do the Brewers. Let's do the Brewers. Two crazy games that we can talk about. There's a little news to talk about as well. Some drama from last night's game. So let's wrap up with the Brewers next year on the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show. Not enough time. Never enough time. Brewers went a little long today, so we waited to start the show until about 5:20. That's okay. Still better than nothing. I'm glad the Brewers still aren't playing. <laughs> I'm glad they're not currently in the 16th inning, just desperately trying to scratch one run across because it's been it's been bleak at times. The Brewers beating the Cubs today and winning the series. Final in the 10th inning, 4-2. to two. My name is Grant Bills. On Twitter, at Wisco Grant. So the conversation, I'm sure, will continue on Twitter into the rest of the night. We can kind of chill now that Brewers have got their W for the day. They didn't get shut out. They didn't get no hits, so. I'm content. I'm happy. I had a lot of things to talk about today. I, I'll i pat myself on the back. I did a heck of a good job getting some different talking points together and getting some audio ready and getting questions for you and topics for us to discuss. And we don't have enough time to get to it. And that's okay. We can push it to tomorrow. That's just fine. A couple of things between last night and today I wanted to talk about. Getting a lead. I think in the last two games, we've seen what kind of a difference that makes. On Sunday, Craig Council said, look, we got to be better against starting pitching. We got to be better in early innings. We need to get out to a lead because that makes everything easier, right? And the last two games, that's exactly what's happened. Last night, Travis Shaw in the first inning, boom, 
three-run homer, Brewers are up three to nothing. That lays the groundwork. That lays the, the, the foundation for the rest of the game, right? You notice how easy things seemed once the Brewers took the lead yesterday? And Greg Council talked about that. He was asked, like, is it much easier to manage with a lead? Well, yeah, I mean, Travis's home run was, was sorely needed for sure and um, gave Freddie some breathing room as well. Um, on, a, on a night when the wind was blowing out like it was, um, you know, I, I didn't I didn't think it was going to be just four runs scored in the game, but, but both sides pitched pretty well. And once Travis Shaw hit that dong, everything became so simple. Freddie was cruising comfortably. He went five innings, eight strikeouts. He only threw 91 pitches. By the way, fastball Freddie uh, was slinging some sliders yesterday. Of his 91 pitches, 43 fastballs and 42 sliders. Pretty good mix. He had a couple change-ups and a curveball or two, but that was, you know, not nearly uh, as, as much and not nearly as significant as his fastball and his slider total. I think it was five or six pitches altogether. So Freddie was great, and then Brent Suter comes in. He was great, too. Three innings pitch, zero hits, only one walk. He looked like he was in his element because he wasn't. The Brewers were leading. They got to the middle innings. Craig Council says, Suter, you're in. Suter's like, hey, this is my wheelhouse. Let's go. Simple. Even Boxy, Brad Boxberger, Box guy, Box man, who closed the game out today, thank God, with the bases loaded. He just had to get one out after Fire Eisen got in a little trouble. Boxy slammed the door easy to play with the lead. It's easy to play from ahead. And if the Brewers can score earlier and score early more often, that makes Council's job easier, makes the job of the starting pitcher easier, the bullpen, everything kind of falls into place. Brewers got to get better at, at scoring earlier on. Saw it last night and didn't really see it today. They did score first. They did have a lead. I don't know if today's the best example, but last night, certainly a, a really, really good example. Something I wanted to mention really quickly before we wrap up the show. There was some news earlier today. The Brewers announced that tailgating is back. This isn't really something that I've talked about on this show. I'm just just happy to have games back. I'm happy to to have games to watch a full, normal baseball season. I'm glad that we can go. Okay, you got to wear a mask, and you got to sit with your group. Tough, right? How many people have died from this pandemic, right? How long have we needed to stay safe and stay safe and still? You know, I'll take it. I'll take what we can get, and what we're getting right now is, is better than what we had last year. So I don't care about the tailgating. Okay, I'll wear a mask in the ballpark. I don't care, right? But a lot of people were really, really upset about the lack of tailgating. And now baseball has moved their all-star game out of uh, uh, Atlanta, and now it's in Denver, and people are upset about that. Look, I don't care what your politics are. I, I, I will lose not an ounce of sleep worrying about anyone's politics. But I wanted to say this before we wrap up the show, and I tweeted about it earlier today. Let's just let's get a, a, a nice minute of perspective here before the show's over. Think about this. Last year at this time, we were complaining about how baseball might not come back at all. We didn't know when sports would return. And then once the world got back to a little bit of normal, oh, Rob Manfred and the, the labor unions were arguing, and we didn't start until August. So I'll leave you with this today. We finally have normal baseball back, normal, as normal as it can be right now. We've finally gotten back to that point. And we can go if we'd like. Why don't we just enjoy that? Just enjoy, we, what are we, six games in? And a lot of baseball fans are finding ways to complain. Oh, we can't tailgate. Uh, baseball's getting political. Well, not really. This kind of stuff has always taken place. Don't worry about the politics if you don't want to worry about the politics. Sorry you can't tailgate. You'll be able to soon. Let's focus on the positive here. We have a good Brewers team to watch, and we can go to the games, and we're all healthy, and the team is healthy, and we're playing a full season. Let's focus on that instead of all these negative things that everybody wants to dwell about. It's just really disheartening. We went almost a full, we went two years without a normal baseball season. We finally get it, and we're looking for things to complain about. Don't look to complain. 
Back tomorrow. Talk to you then.